Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 74. 74. 74. I know, we're getting up there. 74. You know what? Bob Lilly, one of the greatest Dallas Cowboys of all time, number 74. Of course, you have some random Dallas Cowboy person that award some random number. He was way before my time, uh-huh, sure. and I'm still a big fan because I just love that old... It's like that Dick Butkus era, old, gritty film you watch that... He's just like hitting people so hard their helmets are popping off. When their numbers had to be really big on their backs so you could actually see who they were. Yes. Yes. You know, it's not an HD or. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 74, Brooke. Yeah. Episode 74. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm tired. I'm tired. This is uh, at the movies. I get shoved into uh, a different role and um, it takes more out of me than I am uh, normally um, ready for, I guess. Well, I think. We have two fantastic weeks under our belt, and um, not only is your work behind the scenes leading up to this paying off, but uh, the vibe, if, if you will, the vibe is uh, is solid. And you and Kali, as our hosts these first two weekends, have been amazing. Um, so thanks for using all the extra words <laughs> and being tired. Thanks for, for that. I think it's been a great start. I love that as much as I'm enjoying it, I love that we have three weeks left. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, at the movies, is, is it, it is its own beast it's in a its beast. own way, you know, because it's like it does take so much time and effort to make it happen. And there's always times in there that it's like, oh, God, is this worth it? You know, cause yeah. it, it, whether it's whether it's the, the, the storytelling aspect or the choosing of the movies or the cutting things apart right. or building stuff or trying to get people involved or where are we going to find red carpet or whatever it is. <laughs> and, that, you know, there's always times that it's just like, oh, man, this would be so much easier if we didn't do it. And then you get into it. I think I talked about validation last week, right? Just being in, being in there is not necessarily validation of like, yay, I did a good job or anything like that. But it's like validation that it's worth it. Yeah. I think that's what. That's what, you know, that stuck out to me last week. That, that's good. You know, because it's like, it's like it, it, people are so engaged with it. And, you know, it's it's funny standing out on the red carpet, you know, in a goofy suit that I, <laughs> I don't know what I'll ever do with ever again. <laughs> Your suit was amazing <laughs> on Sunday. It was shiny. Was it, was it, it was purple-ish? Way shinier than, it's like teal-ish. Yeah, and teal. Gold. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it's like. You know, you're standing out there on the red carpet, and I'm like, I'm literally talking about the Oscars that actually my wife likes far more than I do, and <laughs> I have to, like, research all this stuff and look it all up, but it's like, you have is anybody paying attention? Do, do, am I just like, <laughs> should we just shut up and move on? Like, I don't know. So it's it's fun. It's just, it's just it, it requires different, uh, different muscles than normal, if you yes. will. Yes. Okay, speaking of requiring different muscles. <laughs> okay. Uh what I don't do you know got? if you heard this this news. Huge news came out Friday. Ooh, big news. Big news. Okay. Sit down. Anybody who's listening, if you're not sitting down, you're going to want to pull over uh, right now. All right. Um, Friday morning, 53-year-old Bob Salem became the fourth person to push a peanut to the top of Pike's Peak with his nose. That's a By the way, that's a 14,000 <laughs> feet above elevation peak. I've been up to the wait, top in Colorado. Wait, wait, wait. He pushed a peanut to the top of Pike's Peak. It took him seven days 
Mostly at night, this is what I'm reading, mostly at night to avoid distracting questions and requests for <laughs> selfies from passersby. And the peanut in question was actually about a dozen peanuts uh, because he lost and ate a few along the way. <laughs> oh, my God. And I here's have, the craziest part. I, I have so many questions. Bro- Brooke, here's the There's craziest so part many questions. about what Bob pulled off. The craziest part, if you didn't catch this when I read it the first time, he's the fourth person to do this. Good Lord. <laughs> so Okay, okay. So... 53-year-old dude <laughs> yes is the fourth person evidently to push a peanut that we know of there may have been more we, before know, of course right you know, <laughs> that we know i'm sure of. there were other people that were trying it you know <laughs> okay so he pushed a peanut up a, up this this mountain does it, is that like it's like, like straight up or is he following no, the road no it's a windy road like, is he, i is i he following the road that you can drive up i've been to pike's peak it had to be up the road i've i've hiked up pike's peak before is he using like 13 a 13 like miles straw? up but but that's that's hiking. I'll bet I'll bet he did it on the road. He had to do it on the road. I would think. It's a few miles. That peanut would be it's pretty gross miles. either way. It took him seven, seven Okay, so is seven it, is days. it like is it like a like a pee race where you've got a straw and you're you're blowing the No, it says with his nose. He his pushed nose. it with his nose. Is there a picture? I don't have a picture. I'm I mean, sure we this I'm sure knows, we can Google it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're going up a hill or a path or <laughs> or up a the the asphalt street. So like, when you're when you're wondering if what you're doing, Brooke, is making a difference, <laughs> at least I'm not a 53 year old man pushing a peanut right with his nose or the three people before. Okay, wait. So, oh my gosh, this has really got you. So, <laughs> I get it that you it might take a few peanuts to make the journey. Yes. Um. <laughs> I love that he didn't just lose one or more. He, he, he ate a he few ate, along the he way. He ate them. At what point does that peanut look good enough <laughs> after pushing this for what? You know, it's hours like and hours, hours and hundreds and thousands of feet. Yeah. It's a 14,000 foot hill or a mountain, right? It's a mountain, yeah. Which you, On a clear day, which, you which can see it going, all the way from Denver. If you're, going in, if you're going in circles, it's longer than that. It's got to be. Right? Because you're not going straight to the top. No, it's like, got to be. It's not just a Well, the, there's a Pikes Peak Marathon where you run all the way up it and all the way down it. So it's, it's, a, it's a little over 13 miles up. I don't understand. I don't. Yeah. Just thought I'd share that. I need this pictures is, this. This is big news. I mean, some people want to talk about you know, January name? 6th gotta, hearings and... <laughs> You know, other crazy <laughs> politics. I want to talk about Bob Salem, who clearly has a purpose in his life. Bob say Hey, and and at least he has committed to it. Yes. He has felt like this is my calling and I am committed you to it. You know do what? It. All jokes aside, the guy was committed. There's no there's no doubt he I think he needs to be committed. <laughs> Yikes. What uh, in the world? Why? Why do we do I'm just, these things? I'm just, I'm, I still have so many questions. So, so, okay. If, can we shift our, can we, let's try to shift. I need like a time lapse. I need like a time lapse video. Did, like, well, did somebody follow him? If anybody, if anybody who's listening to this wants to do a little research and, and, and send in. Oh, don't worry. That's what I'm going to do the rest of today. <laughs> like I got, I have, I have plenty of other things, but apparently I'm going to have to go look for this dude. I like, is this a Guinness book of world records? Like, no idea. Like the. I don't know. Did he do it faster than the previous three? There's no, there's no, well, it says seven days, but it doesn't say how that ranked compared to his three previous uh, competitors. And why a peanut? I don't know. 
I think you're thinking about this already more that's than like, I thought you like would. That's like I, I was going to roll a football. Like that's not the thing you'd want to roll. Like <laughs> get like a get like a gobstopper or something or something. Or, yeah, gob something round. Something round. Yes. Not oblong. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good grief. <laughs> so speaking of why, why, <laughs> why would you do this? We we got um, I think an email message or I guess it was a Facebook message that. Um, in so many words, says, why what are you doing? Are we doing this at the movies thing? Yeah, so we've talked about we've talked about at the movies and how it's different and the storytelling aspect of it. And I know Kali and I have talked about this and you and I have talked about this on the podcast, you know, when we, we've talked about it, you know, as Jesus used stories that were relevant, then you know, to to make sense of what he's trying to tell people. Um in his context, we're trying to do the same thing. You know, we're using stories that are well made and well told, and then we're trying to relate some truth through those things. In a, in it's a very different way. It's fun and all that kind of stuff. But so we've talked about that kind of thing. So, but we've also we're not doing our service in the normal way that we would normally do it. Ooh. So we've we, not only are do we have hosts that that are talking a whole lot about movies and and awards and many people would argue nobody cares about their awards because they're rich and famous and whatever um and then other people absolutely love those shows and watch them you know almost religiously and then we have a cover song or an opener song that's just something fun that's a popular song or whatever and then we get into the movie and that kind of thing. So our services are are very different than what that what people would normally experience. So very different. Can you can you can you walk us through like help us understand why why did we change the things that we changed? Why are sure. we not doing some of the things that we normally do? Well, specifically, um, someone reached out to us and said, <laughs> and it's, I guess you either share this concern or question or you think it's funny, um, but it's. You know, why in the world, fair question, why in the world did we, our band, cover a Britney Spears Hit Me Baby One More Time song at church on a Sunday? <laughs> in that, you could argue, you know, it's a fair question. <laughs> it's a fair question. <laughs> why in the world did uh, Emily Love, mad props to Emily Love, one of our worship leaders, uh, have her best uh, Avril Lavigne impersonation yesterday? on Sunday the 17th and and do uh the old 20 the 20 year old 20 punk year song old, yeah. Skater Boy. Um <laughs> uh Tanner who's not with us today on the podcast could probably uh articulate this better. But what I understand that we have done for several years is uh fully embrace that at the movies is a very very different series. Uh, we're not trying to do all the things we normally do at a church gathering, at a church worship service, and the the movie teaching aspect. We're redecorating and and having a whole totally different campus feel. We are purposefully watching a uh, a movie that's made by non Christians, acted acted and directed and produced by non Christians, and taking fictional stories sometimes based on true stories, stories and finding biblical truth in them. So by definition, it's not a, it's not a normal sermon or a, a monologue, a lecture. Um, and then on top of that, we've just, Hey, let's just go all out. Let's embrace this and let's engage our people where they are 
and let's let's have our really talented, amazing, wonderful worship team folks who love to, you know, you, you ask you ask our guitarists, for example, do they sit around playing, you know, Led Zeppelin Stairway to Heaven? You know they do. <laughs> do they do they sit around playing a country song, you know, and they're you know, sitting on their bed with their guitar? Absolutely. Every musician does that. And so say, hey, you know, just engage us with something fun. And so um, not only as you just said, Brooke, you know, do we start on the red carpet and some fun, you guys are dressed up and we talk about movies and kind of setting this very different tone. Then we just have our worship team just enjoy a song. We've got, we're going to cover several different genres, uh, over five weekends. And, uh, and so I can't, I can't believe that Tanner pulled it off, but Tanner did a great (laughs) Britney Spears, you know, um, and uh, and I know what's coming the next couple of weeks. They're very different kind of songs than what we just did. Um, but we even uh, in the past have squeezed in a worship song or two, uh, like in between right. a cover song or uh, an opener, fun song like that, and then the movie and message. But and, so so for a person that says, well, why not just do both? Why yeah. not? Well, okay, so. You did a you did an opener song, whatever, take it or leave it, and yes. then but why not do worship songs as well? Well, first of all, it's a fair question. Why not? And um, I don't think it's a right or wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I think we have the the last right. time we did a full blown build and at the movies in 2019, mm-hmm. we uh, did opener song and then we did one or two worship songs, you know, and then we showed the movie. Um, Tanner and I specifically in our planning uh, talked about it. And, and I was the one who brought up, I'm like, why, why it feels really weird to me. It, it feels really weird to me to have, you know, a, a Britney Spears song mm-hmm. and then a song about Jesus. And then, you know, we open with a countdown with Nicolas Cage and, <laughs> uh, and then we show, you know, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks and, um, I it, it, I love the freedom we have to go, okay, why? Mm-hmm. Like I would even say when someone says, well, why aren't we dressed up for church? Because that's what I grew up doing. We talked about that, mm-hmm. you know, last week. And my um, maybe contrarian <laughs> side of me is like, well, why do we have to? Like, where does it say that in the Bible? So so the freedom we have, I think we're, I think what we're doing is fully embracing the freedom we have as the church that you know what, sometimes you come together and you sing. And sometimes you come together and you don't. Sometimes you come together and you read large chunks of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't. And sometimes you come together and you spend a, lo- a lot of time, you know, in prayer and just kind of quiet. And sometimes you don't. And, and sometimes you sing eight songs in, in just songs of adoration and dependence on God. And other times you don't. And I think that's... I personally love variety. Mm-hmm. I also love the freedom we have that there's not a, despite what our upbringing often teaches us and our habits, it just doesn't have to always be the same. Yeah. So what I guess the short answer is we have fully embraced five weekends in the middle of the year. Hey, this is going to be different. Um, you come back, you know, our last week of At the Movies is August 7th. You come back Sunday, August 14th. We are gonna feel a whole lot more like a church, um, at least to people who have gone to church much. We're gonna have 
uh, a sermon. We're going to have um, uh, some songs where we sing about God and to God. Um, but I'd also like to think we're still not super traditional. We're, you're going to find, why, oh, the guy's playing a guitar and he's wearing a T-shirt. You know, it's that may be something that someone goes, why are we doing that? You know, um, so I say all that to say, I think I think anybody who's been around Colonial for a while is no longer asking those questions. But I do think we've got visitors or we've got maybe people from other churches, longtime church goers that are like, whoa, whoa, mm. what's going on here? Um, and I think that's okay. Uh, so I know that we don't have we don't have Tanner here with us today. Um, he's on vacation, and I know he would love to pipe into this to this conversation. Oh, I'm sure as well. he would want to say this um, differently, maybe maybe better. Well, I was I was going to ask like from from the conversations that you guys have had, and I know we've had um, in in uh, kind of the category, the label of worship. of worship music. I know where you're going. Um, yeah. So can you can you give us yes. that kind of perspective as well? Well, I, uh, again, I, I'm not sure. Tanner would say it this way. He'd he'd probably say it better. But um, I think one of the things that that Tanner, as our worship pastor, and I have talked about quite a bit, is that uh, we firmly believe that that worship is not directly equivalent to music. Worship is um, the way we live. Uh, I want my life on a Tuesday morning over breakfast, on a Thursday afternoon in the office, on a Saturday in, in the ball field with my kids, um, pillow talk with my wife. You know, I, I want every aspect of my life, if it's, if it's centered on the Lord, if Jesus is king and it's holistically all under him and I'm living a life honoring to him that is worship Romans 12 1 and 2 even talks about our, our lives are living sacrifices to him this is what true worship really looks like um, and yet I think it's just way more it's way easier it's way more simplistic for us to go no no, no worship is music and um, and so you know someone might go well, why didn't we worship at church on Sunday why didn't we why don't we have worship songs and I think part of Part of Tanner's role is over time to teach us repeatedly and and effectively. Oh, worship's so much bigger than music. Um, us not singing a three and a half minute <laughs> song written by a Christian artist that has Jesus in it a few times does not remotely, you know, change whether we are living lives in every moment of worship to God. Um, I also think that we're embracing that all truth is God's truth. And so that's part of the heart behind at the movies is, yeah. is uh, whether it's music or movies or whatever, we're saying that, that every, every good and perfect gift is from above, even if it's not sold at Mardell's, you know, <laughs> even if it's, <laughs> if, even if it doesn't have a, you know, a Christian jingle to it, it's every, all truth is God's truth. And we celebrate that. And, I think that's part of even the joy of doing at the movies is there's some biblical truth that we can pull out of stories, um, even if they originally weren't written for that purpose. Mm. So one other quick thought too is, um, man, we're embracing this at colonial. Uh, we are not the church for everybody. Mm. Um, no church is the church for everybody. That's that's the beauty of different expressions of the church across our city, across across the globe. 
is we just have different different personality types. We have different life experiences, um, different expressions of worship, different um, rituals and habits that are meaningful to some and not meaningful to others. And I love that. I think a gift to me of being a part of a few different churches in my life, um, I've been a part of what's called high church with liturgy and ritual, uh, the creeds from our church history. I've sung hymns written in the 1600s and the 1800s and the 1900s. I've sung brand new, you know, songs with guitars and drums. Um, I've been to churches where where the preaching is verse by verse by verse, walking through scriptures. I've been to other churches where it's very topical, and some churches would never do at the movies. Uh, very purposely, never want to do that. And and we just are excited about being a church that's going to reach some people uh, and hopefully a lot of people. We're just not for all 104,000 people are not going to come to Colonial. Not only is it problematic that we couldn't fit them all, but they're not all going to be interested in in the way we engage. Uh, And yet we firmly believe that some people some people are not going to come to Colonial because we just did we just did a Britney Spears song. And there's other people who are so disillusioned about church or who are so skeptical or so curious that something like that actually draws them in. And I love that. And let's be us. You know. Yeah, I, I remember a time that I was in college and um, I was going to a church that was kind of um, pushing the traditions envelope, if you will. Yeah. And uh, or I was a, I was a part of a church. I mean, I was going, but I was also volunteering and, and doing some part-time work and stuff like that. And I remember having a conversation that a friend of mine who I had grown up with um, was he said something to the effect of like I just don't understand why any church would do that, mm. and um, and I remember thinking, well, because it's it's reaching different people, and that was a good thing that it doesn't have to be everybody does the exact same thing, you know, because then it's like, okay. I mean, we're all then. Then what? What is? It becomes competition of who does it better, you know. Mm. And it was just like we do something different. Like I'm not trying to take the people that you're trying to take. I'm not. I'm not trying to reach the same people that you're trying to reach. And and that that was a in in my mind at the same time as he was thinking, oh, that's a terrible thing. I was thinking, but isn't it a good thing that we're doing something different? Mm. And not not expecting that everybody should just do it this way, you know. I don't know. Mm. Okay, let's talk about uh, catch me if you can. So it's week two of At the Movies. Yes. Um, we had a blast with Mitchells versus the Machines last week. Uh, which Hard is, to follow that, by the way. Really that was so fun. So fun. <laughs> and so then we chose a movie that was 20 years old to follow the fast-paced brand um, new. quirkiness, yeah. brand new of Mitchells versus Machines. With um, a lot more humor. and Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't have the all-star cast that, uh, uh, that Catch Me If You Can did. Um, you know, so we have uh, we have a movie of you know Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio and and uh, uh, Christopher Walken, who I absolutely love. Oh, it's he's just, so good. His his pacing, I don't I don't I don't know if it's there's just nobody like, like him. <laughs> it's just not. There's nobody like him. It's just so good. So gotta Frank Abagnale, baby. That's right. <laughs> God, it's, I, so many times I got a fever. <laughs> uh. Uh, yes. So the story of. The based on a true story of Frank Abagnale Jr., not Abagnale, not Abagnale, but Abagnale, um, 
I mean, watching this movie is just a trip to follow his like. I mean, just to watch him like get out of situations and go from thing to thing and jump from the. Uh, there was a show. Um, I remember there was a show when I was growing up. I think it was called The Pretender. And that does ring a bell. And it was like this guy that was not necessarily doing it as an imposter, but because he was some. I, this is what I remember. Um, some brilliant dude that could do whatever. Right. And so every like every episode, he was a different thing. Like he would be a doctor one episode, and then he would have to go and do this thing this episode. And with my brain and the way that I like think and do things like that was like the ideal. Like I remember for the longest time, <laughs> you like, were you were hoping you could do. Oh this. my gosh! Like this would be the ideal thing. I could be anything I wanted for a week, and then move to something else. Like. That's phenomenal. I can actually, you know what? As crazy as it is, I I think I know you pretty well after working with you here four years. Um, I could see you, and, and the, here's where I'm going with this, and it's tied to what we saw on the big screen with Frank Abagnale and his story. It's all about confidence. You yeah. Know? It, maybe why it's called a con game. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> but like you know that scene that you just referenced when he's telling everybody how to pronounce his name. Right. He's he's pretending he's a substitute teacher. He's a high school student yeah. pretending he's a substitute teacher, but it was all about confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, he just never... Even when he gets interrupted by the actual substitute... The actual substitute teacher. He just looks at her like, no, no, I'm, I always, you know... So. Oh, yeah. Like, no no blinking. Just but straight up. I, 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 I hate to admit this, but I... I, first of all, I can see you doing that. I can totally see you just going into any room and going, no, no, I'm, I'm the one in charge. You know? <laughs> but there's, I've experienced that. Have I ever told you about uh, sitting on the front row at the Final Four? Uh, no. I Have don't, I not told I you don't this? think so. So the short version of the story is I bought uh, $55, $58 tickets in Reliance Stadium, which is where the Houston Texans play. Right. Not on the front row. Nosebleed. Uh-huh. Cheapest yes. tickets I could find. Okay. Behind the backboard, way up there. Like, everybody was a little blip. Yeah. We had binoculars, which is a terrible way to watch a basketball game. Yes. And I didn't have this plan, but I have my binoculars, and I'm looking down there, and I see, okay, there's there's a couple rows on the front, on on the side of the of the court. There's... Um, that are empty about five or six seats each and they go for several thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, each. And I'm looking through my binoculars and I look over at, um, the friends I'm with, who was three friends. And I said, if any of those seats are still empty at the 10 minute mark of the first half, I'm going down there (laughs) knowing there's ushers that aren't going to let you in and all that stuff. And sure enough at the 10 minute mark, maybe even a little before that, there's still like four or five empty seats on the front row. Hmm. And so we went down there. It, it took a few minutes to get down there. There was nobody at the top of the stairs to get down there. And we walked, and one of my buddies was following me, and he said he was just freaking out following me. <laughs> but we just walked all the way down there. Nobody ever stopped us, sat down, didn't make eye contact with anybody, and sat there for the rest of the game. Nice. Uh, bar, uh George and Barbara Bush were about uh, 20 feet in front of us, um, down on the floor, uh, Secret Service everywhere. We just walked all the way. Which is terrifying that you guys got those seats. I know, it's, it's insane. The, the it's president. insane. So that was the semifinals. <laughs> Went back, the finals did the same thing. Wow. Sat in the, this is Butler, Georgetown, back in 2011. Sat in the Butler section, and this older guy leans over to me right as we sat down on the front row, and he said, 
these are pretty good seats, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And he looked kind of clever. I mean, I, I'm like, yeah, we're not supposed to be here. And he goes, it's okay. These are the team doctor seats, and he's not going to be here. You're good. Wow. And we sat there. So I saw the semifinals and the finals of the final four. And it's all about just walking down there and acting like you are supposed to be like there. Like you own the place. I do that all the time when I'm in like places where, that you are, you... are we supposed to be here? I just walk in. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's what I do when I'm leaving Walmart, you know, and I'm like, no, I have my receipt. I don't need to stop here and show you this. Like, no, it's good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Except you did pay, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally paid. I paid. I just don't need to stand in line for someone to pretend like they looked at my receipt for nothing. Uh, that's a crazy story that Frank Abagnale uh, was able to pull off so many crazy things. There's if you did if you haven't seen the film, you know, he ends up flying in the cockpit. As a as a co-pilot, um, just sitting on the extra chair, like I forgot what they call it when they the jump seat, the jump seat. Um, he's in, you know, the ER, and right. there's actual medical emergencies, and he just look, he's looking at interns, going, "Well, what do you think we should do here?" He's <laughs> just can, acting I like concur. he's teaching, <laughs> and then they're like, "I think we should do this." And he's like, "That's I, that's I, a, I, I, I think concur. so too. Let's do it." It's amazing what he was able to pull off. It's a, it, but it's also like he's a product of his time, right? So I, um, or, or the era that he's in, right? I, I remember a book um, that I read. It was Malcolm Gladwell talking about outliers. And it was like, why did like um, Bill Gates become Bill Gates and mm. not somebody else? Mm. And it was like all about the circumstances that he was in and all this stuff. But, you know, Frank is the same way, yeah. you know, because of the era that he lived in. Right. They didn't have all the security and all the things that would stop this now. They didn't have all the 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 you know yeah. for, for check fraud and all these things. Probably because he he created it, but you know there's just like he found this gap in in the the in the rules, right. if you will. He found right. a gap in the rules and exploited it, right. and then we learn from that, you yeah. know. And so it's like even if it's been twenty years later, or you're you right. Know, it, the it, timing it of it. You're making me think on ESPN. I just saw this story about the great imposter. Did you ever hear about him? In, uh, in the late I, I think 70s. I, saw the, I think I saw the early the, 80s. Worth a watch, a, by the a, way. A commercial or something for yeah. it. I don't know what it is. It's on, on I think it's an E60 show, okay. but um, this guy named Barry Brenham. Um, and again, he could, you could, this example of you couldn't do this today. Yeah. But in 1979, he went to the NBA All Star game. And he had stolen a warm up full. He's like he's like six five anyway, six six. He stole a warm up from, this from one of the teams, and the bet from his friends was you have to get onto the court, and you have to actually shoot a basket. And so he gets in the layup line. In the layup line, yes, totally. That's what I was thinking. Like he has to go do layups. With and him. he's doing it. And Brent Musburger is the announcer, and he's like, "Who is that guy?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> but he this ended up good. he ended up uh, playing uh, in the warm up round of uh, the U.S. Open in golf. He's got pictures with Arnold Palmer, and um, he ends up getting into the Pro Bowl like full. I mean he he's a he's a referee in one of the Super Bowls. Like it's an incredible wow. story. He's he's another Frank Abagnale. Except yeah, he, except he didn't really do anything. He wasn't wrong. stealing money from everybody. No, and he got busted and he get kicked off, and yeah. kicked out. And he ended up on Johnny Carson show <laughs> and course. Letterman and. Um, but it's another one of those, I'm just going to act like I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. And, and in that era, you, you could run on, evidently you could go onto the court at the all-star game. That's you go crazy. onto the court at a high school basketball game. You're going to get formed and tackled. you're going to get tackled by somebody. Yeah. Cause, cause people have been attacked. And yeah. so it's a, uh, you're right. It's a different era 
that Abagnale was what, evidently. And what, what is it? What is it? He said if he was telling. Um, it was one of the clips that we showed. Um, he's telling uh, Tom Hanks' uh, character Hanratty. He's telling him, yeah, it, it, they just people just want to. You know, it's what it's whatever you tell them. It is. I can't yeah. remember exactly what he said. I but it's what basically, he said. Um, they believe what you tell them. Yeah. And uh, it's just like wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. I, I have enjoyed researching a little bit more about the the real person Frank Abagnale, um, and of course some of the stuff in the the Hollywood made film is like mm-hmm. like um, Carl Hanratty is is evidently a kind of a, a melding together of several different FBI okay. agents, yeah. you know, and um, he didn't really call him on Christmas Eve. That was kind of a bummer. I like that part of the story. <laughs> um, one of the quotes from fr- the real Frank. Abagnale, so it's not a Christmas movie. <clears throat> no, he's like why. Why would I call him on Christmas Eve? I didn't want him to know where I was or what I was doing. Yeah, you know, but um, but you can uh, if if anybody's interested, you can easily find on YouTube. You can find um, like he was on Johnny Carson's show, The Tonight Show, back in the day. Right. It's like a good 18, 20 minute segment, and he's just telling his stories. And was he actually on to tell the truth? Like that was a part of the movie. And he was, was actually on an old game show. We didn't show it. Yes. Uh, to tell the truth. Um, that's, that's obviously that's Leonardo DiCaprio sure. in the movie, but that's actually based on real footage of a game show to tell the truth. Wow. And evidently nobody guessed that that was really him. They huh. kept guessing everybody else. Um, yeah, uh, just a very interesting. I, I will confess, watching the Tonight Show and a couple other clips of of the real Frank Abagnale talking, it was a little disheartening for me because he was he's pretty arrogant. Um, I mean, I guess you have to be to pull off the stuff he did. Just very uh, confident. Um, I think you want. I think you want to believe. Yeah, I think you want to believe. Watching that movie, you want to believe that he was because that's how you, get, you pull it off. And then, as he gets arrested and and has to deal with the consequences of it right. that he, you know, is humbled by his situation and yeah. and the way they actually portray the end of the movie is very much like like that. He's he even has an opportunity to get away again and he decides, "No, nah, I'm going to come back and not going to do this." And then but at the same time, you know, he's got to revel in the cons that he pulled off. Right. You know, you might feel bad about him, but you also are going to sit around and laugh about the things that you did. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Well, so I think one of the things that that stuck out to me um, is, you know, we talked about the the pursuit of the good life, mm. um, but one of the things that stuck out to me was was the idea of contentment, mm. and how he was very much not that. And of course, you know, at at, at what does he say? Tell tell the tell the girl from the tenth grade that I'm not. I'm sorry, I can't take her to the prom. Right. You know, it's like a tenth grader. Okay, so. What at, you know? What tenth grader is actually content with life? You know, it's like always. There's always more out there, or yeah. whatever. And 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 so that that totally makes sense. Like I get that. But to to think about you know living life content versus what he does for the rest of at least the movie mm-hmm. is chasing after all the things that he feels like were taken away from him yeah. and that he should have had and the things dad lost and the the marriage that mom and dad had and. And, you know, and he says it multiple times, I'm dad, dad, I'm gonna get it all back. I'm gonna get it all back. The house, the car, the suits, the clothes, the whatever. All you gotta do is just go get mom, go get mom and we'll be fine. And we're going to make this happen. And and so it was, it was, it just stuck out to me. There was like, sometimes we have these things in life that happen. And this is an example of somebody just fully chasing after 
no, I still want what I used to have, mm. and I can't figure out how to be content with mm. what life has become or where where I am now, whether that's being content with the consequences that you have to deal with right. or the circumstances that happen upon you. You think about um, loss in life or, or medical issues or loss of jobs, yep. those kinds of things. Like, yep. I don't know. It's just like a, a, an, an unwillingness to accept reality. Yeah. You're, I, I probably have said this before, maybe even on the podcast, but it's, it's one of my largest life lessons from, from my earlier, um, adult years and, and specifically from a teacher that I really looked up to, but he helped me understand that contentment is the opposite of envy. Um, and, and envy ultimately robs us of our joy, like mm. an envy, not just, Oh, I wish I had my neighbor's car. Or um, I wish I had that relationship that that person has. But even to your point, I wish I had back what I used to have. Or um, and and the the very foundation of that is I, I'm not content with where I am. I'm not content with who I am. I'm not content with what I have. Um, and uh, it really can rob us of our joy. I I think as much as I enjoyed watching Frank Abagnale and his crazy antics and what he pulled off mm. there's just this deep sadness in his character you know um he, he's just experiencing loss i just ah i want yeah. my parents to be back together yeah. ah we lost all our financial which is all understandable totally no, i mean i'm not knocking it because yeah. so many of us could tell similar stories um but instead of being able to be fully present with who he really was and what he had and and find contentment there it, it was he was never content he he literally was never content mm. um and so i th i think that's a lifelong challenge for us maybe maybe that's one thing that jesus uniquely differently calls us to is uh because of our trust in him and his sovereignty and because ultimately um he 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 wants to reframe what we value, um, you know, not not stuff, not things that come and go, but relationships ultimately with each other and with him. That there is contentment in that. In that crazy, I mean, my brain just just flipped to. We've talked about this before, I think, even on the podcast. But isn't it crazy how you go to a third world country where they have mm. way less, arguably, arguably nothing, nothing. and to be confronted with their level of contentment is it's overwhelming, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. That just jumps out to me that, that, that that's in flies in the face of, of the life, the good life that Frank, Frank Abagnale was chasing. You know, mm -hmm. I was thinking about this too, Brooke. Um, if I can digress, I think, you know, you know what, you know what, uh, this whole, challenge of living truth as opposed to to lying and and covering our tracks and it makes me think about um, what I learned in my 20s with my wife about our family budget can I can I digress about this okay this doesn't sound very fascinating but well, I love budget conversations our first three years of our marriage uh, we got married at 23 so 23 to 26 ish we had no budget um, we had nobody mentoring us in this area. We just spent all of our money however we wanted to. Um, definitely had some fun. 
had a couple of new cars, but living beyond our means and just had some credit card debt and resisted this whole idea of a budget. Mm. Somebody told us we should have a budget, but we just didn't do it. And I remember thinking, I don't want a budget because it's, it's restricting. It's, it's, uh, it's a bunch of, no, you can't do that. Nope. You can't do that. Nope. You can't do that. Mm. And we reluctantly more, more me than my wife. She was, she was probably all about it, but I reluctantly said, okay, let's do a budget. Okay. Let's say no to all these things. Cause it's not in the budget. And what I found, it took me a couple, three years probably, but what Carrie and I were able to find together is that a budget with all of its quote limitations and restrictions was total freedom. Like I cannot, any, anybody who lives within their means that's listening, anybody who's done Dave Ramsey stuff, anybody who lives actually by a budget knows what I'm talking about. Mm. It's incredibly freeing because we actually could buy that Jeep that I always wanted because it it's in the budget. We saved for it. it. It fits within our means. Or we could go finally to Hawaii for our anniversary because it's in the budget. We could go out to eat to that restaurant without any guilt or wondering if it's going to be okay because it's in the budget. And I found that it just completely shifted from prison, which is what I thought a budget would be to freedom. Hmm. And that's exactly what I experienced in the same area of deceit. Um, early on, I learned to lie. My parents were pretty strict and I learned to lie early on to, to, so I could go do what I wanted to do as a, as an adolescent. And, and then I took that into friendships and dating relationships. And then even into my marriage with Carrie, I learned to tell her at least sometimes what I thought she wanted to hear because it felt more freeing. Um, I didn't want to be restricted by, I didn't want to pay the price for letting somebody down. I didn't want to, um, disappoint someone. I didn't want to, um, get in trouble with my parents or somebody else. And so I lied and, um, ultimately it was exhausting. Mm. It was prison. Yeah. I thought it was freedom, but it was prison. And, uh, finally, um, it took, it took uh, some come-to-Jesus conversations specifically with my wife. Um, in our late 20s, uh, I think it just our whole relationship changed when I just chose to risk letting her down and risk letting her into my brain about what I was really thinking or, or feeling. And I found out she loved me anyway. <laughs> in fact, she loved me more because I was being honest. Yeah. And... There's a reason why we're best friends to this day is there's freedom mm. in being yourself and risking rejection. And uh, can I tell you one really fun story? Yes. Um, so when I went, I, I grew up in Germany, um, graduated from high school on a military base in Germany at 18 and then moved 5,000 miles, left my family, moved 5,000 miles back to Texas where we're from, went to Baylor University. And like a, a dummy, I signed up for German one class. <laughs> Have I not told you this story, bro? I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> so I signed up for German one class. Did not know that you could test out of it, <laughs> save money and time. This is how dumb I was. This is good. I like that. <laughs> um, I just knew, oh, I speak pretty good German. Not fluent, but pretty good. Right. I'm going to take German one. Easy A. 
So I sign up for German One at Baylor University, and I'm new freshman, don't know anybody. There's about 30 of us, maybe 25 is a smaller class um, than you know, one of those huge auditorium college classes. It was a small class. And so Frau Burkhardt, our German teacher, uh, said, hey, let's day one, let's go around. Everybody say your name, your major, if you have one yet, and where you're from. And so it starts going around the room, and I'm like, oh, no. I hadn't thought this through. I'm like, I, <laughs> I am not going to say I'm from Stuttgart, Germany. Like, it's not happening because I don't want to be the teacher's pet. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be asked questions every day. Oh, well, in Germany, Lauren, what's, you know, I yeah. just, it was laziness. It was nothing but laziness. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I also wanted to just get the easy A. I, I didn't want li- anybody yeah, right. to question, why are you in here? Yeah. So it comes around to me, and um, I go, my name is Lauren Jones, and I'm a business major, and uh, I'm from San Antonio because I lived in San Antonio when I was four. Okay. So I just said that. Yeah. Girl next to me goes, no way. I'm from San Antonio. <laughs> what high school did you graduate from? The whole class is looking at us. And this is the first week of college for me. And I, I, my heart's racing. <laughs> and thankfully, I had heard from somebody that Converse Judson High School had won the state championship in football the year before. Big school, 5A or whatever. And so I'm, I'm like, uh, uh, Converse Judson. No way. I'm from Converse Judson. I'm not, I'm not making this up and I am sweating. I am like, my lie is just unraveling before me. And she's like, what, what did you, I don't, I don't, we don't know each other. What'd you do there? Like, I'm like, well, I played football and I'm like making stuff up and she's looking confused. I went to class and I disappeared. Yes. Yes. That's all. So I get, I get somehow get beyond that, but then we're, we're going through German class for, you know, weeks on end. And I'm like, it's like, where is the bathroom? And my name is, and I'm doing all this and acting like I don't have a very good accent. I was going to say, did you change your accent? Because I'm sure you you spoke better. But here's the problem. Here's the problem is in my German class, I'm from San Antonio. Okay. But to these guys I'm doing life with on the dorm hall, I'm from Germany. Okay. And then to this girl that I met through these friends, I'm from San Antonio. And to these friends over here, they know I'm from Germany, you know? And so I, I start to realize I can't keep up with mm. who I've told what as I'm making all these new friends. Yeah. Um, and then fi- finally, we're about two-thirds of the way through f- freshman year, first semester. And Frau Burkhardt says, uh, okay, you guys uh, have a good week. L- hey, Lauren, could you stay after class and talk to me for a second? <laughs> and... Part of the prison of lying uh-huh. is thinking at any moment you're yeah. gonna, you're going to be found out. You're busted. And so I literally, she didn't even say anything yet, and I'm like, oh, I'm so in trouble, yeah. you know. And I walk up there, and everybody's gone, and she goes, Lauren, I just, I, I have to tell you this, I think you have a gift for foreign language. <laughs> I think you should, ser- I know you're a business major. I think you should consider international business. <laughs> It comes easily to you. You're doing great. And I'm just I'm feeling so both both trying not to laugh yeah. and also feeling just awful. Like I have completely snowed this German lady. Oh, man. <laughs> you know? So that's a stupid juvenile story that to me was a great example of, okay, to, to cover your tracks like Frank yeah. Abagnale had to do. Yeah. That that scene in the movie that we, we included in our, our teaching. Around the dinner table. Um that's not what I'm talking oh, about. Well, well that, that's a funny one where he's praying and he's answering questions about 
you know, Berkeley Medical School. Right, it's and literally dog. everything you just explained. He's just, but but then what's on a, in a more authentic moment when he's at the bar and yeah. he calls yeah. Carl, mm-hmm. the FBI agent, and just says, "I want it. I want it to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, can't you just let me mm-hmm. go?" All right. Well, I thought I'd ask. Yeah. Like he's just he's exhausted mm-hmm. by it. He just wants to stop living a lie. And I think anybody who's listening, anybody that we're journeying with can relate to that. It's like, you know, the times I have withheld the truth or tweaked the truth or um, tried to be somebody I'm not, if, if we do that for any decent time at all, it's exhausting. And it's there's something very, 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 very true about the statement from Scripture that the truth will set you free. Um, not necessarily free from jail or consequences. Not nece- no, not necessarily free from consequences. In fact, you know what I would argue is, I and I wish we had a moment with the real Frank Abagnale to say, okay, so you're in prison. It's, it's all come out. Everything is now known. There are no more secrets. Yes, you're in prison. You're you're wearing a jumpsuit and you're behind you know concrete walls and mm-hmm. how free did you feel though? And I think I think there I think he would tell us oh you know it's it wasn't cool I wanted to go where I wanted to go but I, I felt a, a weight was lifted mm-hmm. you know I, I have to believe that because I've been there yeah. I've been there takes me back to uh, to to Black Panther that we did several years ago. And um, one of the characters says, you know, I had to maintain the lie. Yes. You know, and it was this, the... What was the context for that? I forgot that. That was, um, uh, it was, it was Zuri, who was basically the, the, oh, the king, yes. the father king. Yes. He, he, he had like covered up what had happened. Yes. Um, that basically created the Killmonger, Killmonger character. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and he said, well, but you were wrong. And why would you have just left the boy? And he said, well, you had to maintain the lie. Yep. And so the, it's just another example of that same thing. It's like yep. it happened, we lied about it, and then all of these other consequences have happened because of you can go back. Yes. Because we had to keep telling the same lie. Yes. And we couldn't get out of it anymore. Boy, that'll preach, man. I, I think to anybody who's struggling in a relationship, uh, in a marriage, um, if and when we can get to a place where we're living in full truth. If and when we can find someone who loves us yeah. in our ugliest, <laughs> in our, boy, that's, that is the, that is a gift that is immeasurable. I'm so thankful for my wife. We just celebrated 29 years of marriage right. yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Spare no expense. Took her to Bricktown yesterday. <laughs> after we got some after, nachos and hot dogs. After and... I took her to the Oscars. Let's not leave that <laughs> out. Um, but uh, I just, I cannot. Any of you that don't have that, um, I hate that for you. And and I would also encourage you. It's it's never too late. There there are consequences. You come clean about stuff. You you, you choose authenticity with people. There's risk. Yeah. Uh, but to find friends and, and relationships that will love you uh, in your brokenness, in your mess, uh, is a gift that's immeasurable. And then, and then to, to clearly take it to, to, to Scripture and, and to what God offers us, um, man, a life 
that is fully embracing that he sees all, knows all, loves us anyway, um, and just invites us to take the masks off. Mm. And uh, it's it's the heart of the gospel, mm. you know? Um, we're all walking around at some small level trying to be somebody we're not. That's the human condition, trying to impress. Uh, and, oh, what a gift that God gives us. That's part of what grace includes is the freedom to just be our, our ugly selves. I, I hope our church, back to church is not, our church is not for everybody. One thing I, I really hope Colonial just more and more and, and better and better offers to people is a community of people that fully embrace. We're a hot mess. <laughs> we are saved by God's grace. Uh, we're going to continue to let each other down and let others down around us. And um, we're just trying to put one foot in front of the other and pursue Jesus. And everybody's invited to do the same. Yeah. Um, and if you're looking for a church where, you know, people really have it together, um, don't come to Colonial. <laughs> <laughs> Won't find that, huh? Okay. Well, we have made it through week two of At the Movies. You know, we had Mitchell's Wrist Machines. Now catch me if you can. We still have three weeks to come. Three weeks to go. Left three very in. different kinds of movies we have left, too. I'm trying to think through them all. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, do you have a... I know, I, I think I asked you this, you know, leading up to At The Movies, do you have a favorite of what you... Maybe just of what you expect coming with the with the last three? The favorite of the last three? Yeah. Ooh. ooh. Uh, there's something very, very, very quick that comes to mind that I love about all three of these. So that's... I know that's not a satisfactory answer, but... <laughs> Um, I, I guess in the moment I'm excited the most about this coming weekend. Yeah, I really am. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite discoveries as a movie lover mm -hmm. the last couple of years. It's a newer film. I'll mm -hmm. at least say that much. Um, and unlike, I'll say this too, unlike last week's A-list cast, you could arguably say this is a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. And yet... Incredibly critically acclaimed mm -hmm. and uh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I'm 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 excited about this one too. Also, a great example. If I can pull out one of the things you've you've done a good job of making sure we're all aware of is, you know, we're not condoning every aspect of every movie, and we certainly are editing the heck out of them and and trying to make them remotely, you know, appropriate. Um, the full version of the movie we're going to show this weekend is it got some really sketchy uh, parts and and um, funny, I would say I would argue, <laughs> but but definitely not something I'd want to sit down with my little ones, you know, and watch. Um, and yet, uh, man, our our videography guys did a fantastic job of just making it very accessible mm -hmm. uh, on a Sunday morning at church. <laughs> yeah. And yet it was still a great movie. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. I'm, I'm excited. I guess to answer your question this weekend, I'm excited about this weekend. It's going to be good. So, so next week when I ask you the question, you're going to say, uh, this weekend. I'm well, so when you ask me next week, um, <laughs> I'm going to actually probably say I'm even more excited because it's 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 we're, we're I'll remind everybody Back on the, the, on the 31st mm -hmm. which is two from now uh, we're bringing all the first graders and up back in because it's going to be 
super accessible and awesome for the whole family. That, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that too. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap this thing up. Week two of At The Movies is in the books. We have another one still to come. We have three more still to come. Um, just as a reminder, this weekend coming up, if you happen to listen to it this this week when we release this podcast episode, uh, this weekend's is not a kid movie. Um, it, it is just not geared towards them. Um, and there will be At The Movies for Kids in the other building, so make sure you get your kids checked in and get them registered and all that stuff. Enjoy the popcorn and and by the way i did i wasn't in there with the kids any more than you are brooke but i heard really good feedback from some of our kids ministry leaders yeah that uh casey osborne and some others that that helped put the the at the movies for kids uh together they they watched uh ferdinand which is i i love Ferdinand. have you seen ferdinand Uh, i've seen i've only seen so good i I love it's a great kids movie but they did a great job evidently so that's awesome um yeah for families man just Take heart that it's a great experience for the kids, too. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, um, we will be back next week with another movie and another conversation about the uh, the movie and um, where we go from there. And, um, yeah, any last words? No. Uh, you mentioned uh, maybe, maybe uh, I don't know if everybody's aware of this, but the replay of our movies is going. Could you remind us how anybody who missed either or both of the first, or they want to share either or both of the films we've looked at how can they do that yeah so this week is a replay for week two so if you missed anything on week two or if you were a part of those that tried to watch online and our streaming service failed us it did fail us um you can go to colonialchurch.com slash live and it will be replaying every hour and a half um almost all day long and uh so that's a great way to go back and watch those and then um we may have a little surprise towards the end of the towards the end of the series and have the ability to go back and watch all of the movies again Mm, good good but uh but at the moment we're replaying week two and that's a great thing for you to go and check out so love it all right this is the e6 podcast from colonial church you can always get more information about colonial church at colonialchurch.com or you can download our app from the app store or the google play store uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you. What are your thoughts on these movies? What are you thinking about? Um, uh, you know, what's your experience been like so far? And uh, give us some feedback. Send us questions. Anything you've got. Podcast at colonialchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we will pick up our conversation again next week.